Governor the Podcast, the internet's number one antidepressant. Holy shit, we're back. <laughs> oh, yeah, damn. <laughs> um, I got a lot of explaining to do. Uh, we originally recorded, I think, what was it, a month or two ago? But while we were recording, your internet just went out randomly during the call. Yeah, pretty much. Um, we had a power outage here, and it didn't come on for like an hour or two, give or take. Yeah, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. I'm like, oh, is Tom coming back? Is Tom coming back? And, and um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, there, there's, uh, there's a bunch of recording that got lost, and it's never coming back, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But welcome to Hello Governor of the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. I'm Tom. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. We actually, every time we do this show, like the timing is so perfect, right? Because because something always yeah. happens, and 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 it just like it, the universe comes together, and 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 everything works out well in the end. Yeah. And uh, I, mean, I think the first thing we have to talk about is, of course, the thing that everyone's been talking about, fucking McDonald's <laughs> Mulan sauce. Oh, my God. Someone actually took a picture of, like, the spike increase of how many views the advert on YouTube got. And, it, oh, my God, it's ridiculous. And I, what were you telling me before recording? Like, someone... Oh, someone on the... And someone was trying to sell the sauce for like a ridiculous amount of money, and people actually are bidding on it. <laughs> it's like the actual sewer sauce. Uh, you do realize that that sauce is like what? Uh, how many years old? It's the Moonan came out in 1997. So a good, um, good couple of years now. <laughs> it's actually over 10. 1997, so. Yeah, about 20 years. Yeah, it's uh, 20, 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. 25-year-old sauce. But again, McDonald's food can last probably forever. <laughs> and the reason you're, you're probably wondering, like, well, why, are they, why are they talking about fucking Mulan sauce? It's like, well, because Rick and Morty. That's why. And uh, if you've been living under a rock... Um, Adult Swim aired the first episode of season three of Rick and Morty without any announcements, without any hype. They just aired it on April Fool's Day, and it was fucking amazing because no one expected it. Literally, no one had any idea that it was going to air. And when it aired, it's like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Is this season three? What's the catch? Are they going to show just like the first bit of it because i thought that they were just going to show the first bit of it and then like it'll cut to something else but no they showed the entire episode for a loop until like midnight so yeah i was really shocked that they actually went ahead and did this because um it one of these things adults would normally um normally do something funny and stuff like that but again this is Adult Swim. They have pulled shit like this before when stuff has been good because who can't forget when they did, they pulled the whole stick with Toonami block. Remember April Fool's a couple years ago before Toonami came back? Oh, yeah, when they, they did the whole, April, yeah. when they did like Toonami yeah. coming back and it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it was April Fool's joke. No one knew what was going on. They did a new review. They showed some, some of the original shows and, um, the ones they had licenses for. They had 
the person who did the tomboys come back etc and it got really good reviews and because it did people those went do you want it back they said yes okay we're going to think about it they rebooted it and brought it back as everyone remembers it so it's Again, Adult Swim can be nice to people on April Fools, you know. I do miss the the, the screenings of the room they do. They they, they kind of did for a couple of years, so they would just air the room for like <laughs> for like an entire yeah. entire day. And even when it's on, when it wasn't on, it was like a, a small version of it would be on the screen while other shows were playing. Yeah. Like that was hilarious. That was that was like fucking the best shit they did. But the, the, the thing is, it's genius how they did it because you, when you think about it, it's the last thing you would have expected. That's the whole point of April Fools. So they fooled a lot of people, you know. I know, especially with like season three, where it's <laughs> like they've been quiet on the release date for fucking years now. For a good year, they've been quiet on the 18, release date. Yeah, eighteen months since the last airing of. Season two, give you a good idea. Yeah, and everyone was quiet on it. I mean, fucking the creators are losing their shit on Twitter. Everyone was bugging them about it. It's like, wait, where's season three? Where's season three? And then, bam, it airs like randomly on April Fools, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" (laughs) Yeah, I've got to admit that that first episode was really good, though. I'll say this right now, uh, and and here we're like, uh, I'm just gonna say this before we talk about the actual episode. To the people who are upset about it, you, you know, um, not taking over Samurai Jack's slot, please grow up. Like, I mean, I love Samurai Jack as much as the next guy, and I think the new season is uh, is really good. But come on, you know, it, it, it's it's not it's we not. Waited, so- was it? We've been waiting. Was it fifteen years, ten years for a new season? And it's like you can wait, you can hold your horses for one week. You know? Yeah, I know. It's like, and and it's like, and another, another thing people seem to forget is like they did a premiere for Samurai Jack, and they sh- they already showed the first three episodes in that premiere. So it's like, oh, so you're you're not gonna get upset over Adult Swim, you know, pretty much airing the first three episodes in a fucking premiere, and the people who saw that already spoiled it, but you're gonna get upset over them for fucking um, for fucking not showing one episode. For, a, for one week? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's just like, you know, take a chill pill. It's going to be fine. Just wait. You know, it's going to end. It and this is the other thing as well. It's like we get to cherish Samurai Jack for an extra week longer. So isn't that really more the matter? Could we be waiting for it so long? And it's going to be sticking around for an extra week longer now. I know. You know? And another thing is, like, you got to understand, like... They could have just aired the entire thing in, in one go, and that would have been it. But seeing as it's like only ten episodes long, and that's really short for a fucking uh, animated series, they want to pad this. Sh- of course, they're gonna pad this shit out for as long as it, for as long as they can, because it's like it's Samurai Jack. You know, people people love that shit, and 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 they're gonna pad it out. I mean, that's that's how it that's how it goes, and. And here's the thing, it's like, um, someone who works on Pen Zero Part-Time Hero, which is a show on Disney Channel, actually replied to one of my uh, Tumblr posts, and they said, no, I agree with you, because uh, we creators have no control over, like, when, when our show is going to air, and when it leaves production, and when, it, when, when our slot is going to be when it comes to airing. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the creative side of it, 
the creator side of it is not disputing it, not publishing it, not make sure it gets out, uh, not to air on time, air in its slot. Their job is to get the show created and made by a deadline. You know, once that deadline's met, then it's down to the distributor, the network, publishers, whoever, to deal with it whatever way they want to show it, you know? And, and I think and, some people don't understand that. And and another and a great example of this is, is Venture Brothers, because if you watch that show, they had to switch production companies, like, what, every fucking season? And that's why every season took so goddamn long to, to come out. Yes. Yeah. Because they were switching production companies every fucking season, to mm. the point to the point where it was getting really expensive to produce the episodes. So they just had to cut down the number of episodes. So it's now it's like eight episodes a season. So you know, and, and no one complained about that. You know, so it's like it's yeah. It I'm not saying it doesn't suck. Yes, of course it sucks, especially considering the fact that the episodes all all the all the new Samurai Jack episodes end on cliffhangers. But at the same time, you gotta understand, like, they have, you know, Gendy has no control over when his show fucking airs. His work is done. He he wrote, directed, and and storyboarded the entire thing. The season is done. It's Adult Swim's job to, to air it now. His work is done. He does not need to, 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 to uh, care about airing the show because it's done. Yeah, that's the network is there to publish the show. That's the whole point. It's not down to the creators to get it published. You know, that's the whole point. And and it goes back to Rick and Morty. It's like a lot of people get been giving the creators shit on Twitter, and it's like, look, guys, they they have no control over when the show airs. If they did, the show would have aired a long time ago. But you know, they have no control over it. They really yeah. don't. And plus, also this that what other people, what I think other people don't realize as well, is that if there's a programming slot and there's already have to be contracts to keep obligation those shows airing at the time on on their network or their channel, they have to keep to those those agreements. You know, that's the whole point. It's basically if you break those contracts, then there's some big problems because there's some companies that make these programs and they will how can I put this nicely, will come around and screw you royally if you do not air their show on a specific date or a specific time. You I know? know, it's like, and, and you gotta fact, you also gotta factor in returning shows because every time, uh, especially this season, like this coming April, April is the is the month where all the returning shows come in and, 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 if, you're, and if you're scheduling stuff, you have to pick a great time slot for these returning shows. So that means you're going to have to compromise. You're going to yeah. have to. I'm sorry, but that's how it's going to work. And if and if you and if you're going to give Adult Swim shit for this, then you know I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, they could have just e they could easily just come out and say, you know what, guys, we're not going to air anymore. Samurai Jack, you want Samurai Jack? Here's here's the entire episodes on fucking uh, a streaming. Here you go. You know, do do you want that? You know. I mean, like I don't know. I, I I don't know. Like people are just weird. I don't I don't understand it. I really don't. It's just. I thought we were bigger than this. I thought our community was bigger than this. I thought we should be better than this, but we're not, and it's sad. But 
That's how I honestly feel about it, and you, you're free to disagree, honestly, but I don't care. That's how I feel. Yeah. But again, going on to the whole Rick and Morty thing, um, we'll write a bit of news a bit. The episode itself. Um, Really great. I think this is the, yeah. their, their best season opener, hands down. Yeah. Also, I liked how the whole ending mirrors season one's first opening episode as well. Yeah, I did not notice that until someone pointed out, pointed it out. Yeah, because I was watching it, and I've, I felt like when I was watching the episode, I felt like I've seen stuff like this already. But then when it, when it came to the final scene, when 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 Rick's in 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 the garage, basically shouting at Morty, I went, "Oh my god, this is mirroring the first episode, the very first episode, isn't it?" <laughs> and it was, you know. And, and what it, I and what I loved about it is like if you've been paying attention to the production of the show. Uh, Justin Roiland, one of the creators, said that he wanted he always wanted the first two seasons to be throwback seasons, to be callback seasons. Yeah. And if you watch this and if you watch this premiere, and if you've been watching the show up until this point, you'll love it. Because there's so many fucking callbacks to this the first two seasons. It's oh my fucking God. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the one bit I wasn't expecting to do when they find Rick's uh, portal gun thing to travel from different universes and different time periods um on the original dead rick body in that universe they actually went back to rick and morty's original universe um where they fucked it all up with the um oh god what's the name of those creatures uh the cronenberg monsters yeah cronenberg monsters you know and i thought okay yeah that's a good callback you know it's stuff like that. I thought that was good. The Cronenberg Mill. And also the, the Council Ricks as well made a return. And they pretty much managed to wrap up that storyline with them now in the first episode of season three, you know. And someone pointed this out. It's like, do you realize in the span of 22 minutes, Rick has not only dethroned the fucking government, but also got rid of the Council of Ricks in, in 22 minutes? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I just, I just love the fact that basically Rick was... Um, when Rick was body hopping to all the different Ricks and he does become the commander or one, one, one of them and he goes into the teleportation chamber he's like so what do these buttons do eh? oh just teleports anywhere in, in space and time he went well that's a design flaw and just presses two buttons and just <laughs> teleport right into the Galactic Federation eh? oh my god what have you done he went well my job's here done I'm gonna go take a shit <laughs> <laughs> he's a spy kill him by the way I gotta go take a shit <laughs> <laughs> It was so well done. It was really well done. It had some really good character development as well. And I, I think the fun, I think the funniest thing ever that I almost pissed myself laughing was Nathan Fillion doing a Rick impression. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> because you could tell Morty was just getting so fed up with Rick's shit. And then eventually when Morty felt like he actually stood up to Rick and shot him in the head, it actually says on the gun when he does it. I don't know. But in the middle of the I'll sh- um, shoot, shoot me with this laser, Morty. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, perfect. You know, even though Morty intentionally wanted to kill Rick there and then to fuck him over, you, you know, he actually did what Rick wanted to do without realizing it. Oh, it was just so great because everyone had their theories about how Rick was going to escape, but the way they did it was just so fucking brilliant. That was that was the least what that was like you did not expect that. You really did not expect that they were going to do that, but it was just so brilliant. Such. Oh my god, the writing was so good. So fucking good in this episode. Really is. Oh god, yeah. It, 
it's very, very punctual. It, it's, it's like the opening sequence. I thought, oh, God, please don't do this sort of opening where, yeah, we're not going to explain how you escape, but then suddenly it just turns into the whole him being inside the computer system and everything like that. Because he says to Jerry, where, yeah, Jerry, fold yourself seven times, and he basically literally does fold himself seven, try to fold himself seven <laughs> times. And I think that was a callback to, um, now thinking about it, you know, the episode when, Morty and Rick are inside um, the twist episode when it was a twist of a twist of a twist of a twist. Yeah, I know because that was because yeah. that was the joke. That was like a, a yeah. callback to that to that episode. <laughs> and yeah. someone and someone actually pointed out it's like so Rick is inside a simulation of a simulation of another simulation. simulation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and oh, and God. and that was the best way to open the episode because it just has that way of him just saying, well, that was great, and that's how I escaped from prison. It's like, ah, oh, that's a cool story, Rick, but uh, aren't you going to go into details about uh, how you created your portal gun? Cause it, and that's a real cool callback because if you watch that season one episode, the way that you can tell that the that Morty was fake was that um, he kept asking him a, a bunch of questions, and he seemed oblivious to the fact that uh, the world around him wasn't real. Yeah, exactly. So that was a really cool callback, and oh god, it's just so many great stuff. I I love the robot butler. <laughs> the robot butler was great. <laughs> oh god, he was. Oh my god, he said, he said, drop that experimental dangerous weapon, children, and then we can go outside and play. <laughs> god, I, I just kind of wish we had stayed longer in the Cronenberg uh, universe because I kind of wanted to see more of that, but nah. Yeah. No, no. It, it was a fine. They answered the question, and we know what happened now. And it's like, okay, that's cool. That's all I needed to know. Also, I love the bit at the end when basically Rick's like really proud, proud of Morty and Summer when they went, okay, okay, guys, how are we going to destroy the Federation? He went, I know, let's save all the nuclear weapons on themselves. So like, I know, let's do this. And he's like, no, I love you guys. Those are some great ideas. But I'm going to do something even worse. I'm going to change a one to a zero. That was fucking brilliant. That was yeah, like, I, how do you topple a government by destroying their currency? <laughs> that was, uh, oh, but, but I think my favorite joke in the entire fucking uh, episode was when they were arguing stuff and, and the president was like, gentlemen, there's a third option you're not considering. And he pulls out a gun and blows it. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that's, was kind of a joke on like how society is at the moment with, with like the stock market and stuff like that. i don't know if that's a little dig at that or not but it does feel like it if you know what i mean yeah i know because especially yeah. considering like the the whole you're the well you know the whole comedy crash yeah, <laughs> yeah. the crash is the best way to explain it but, he, yeah, it, he it, who it, controls the pants controls the universe <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the whole joke. I love it. Um, no longer would the insects rule the, uh, the surface world. <laughs> <laughs> God, it was so funny. Oh, God, and then also this, the, this big, the biggest out. change was that Jerry, I think Jerry's not going to be in the show much now. Or, yeah, he's not going to be in the house. Yeah, that shocked me at the end. That was kind of a, that came out of nowhere. Because you're like, wow, they're really doing this? And they're like, yeah, they're really doing this. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, it's like, and it kind of makes sense, especially considering the fact that a lot of people, I, I mean, a lot of people dislike the 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 Beth and Jerry subplots in season two. But I kind of I kind of thought that they were, I I said to everyone they wouldn't be doing these these uh, subplots if they didn't have uh, a payoff for them, and that's the payoff. Yeah, 
yeah, I can totally see that. I can understand it. Also, they kind of had their big finale or that subplot when they had a whole type episode dedicated to them in season two, and that's the one where they go to the marriage counseling thing. Yep. Yeah, so I can't... After that episode, I can't really see what we can do to top that whole subplot. You know? And and I just... I think the best thing about this this entire episode, I think, from, to me, it's like... After two seasons of getting shat on by everybody, Jerry finally stands up for himself. And I'm like, yes, that, that, that was just perfect. That was yeah. great. That was awesome. Yeah. Also, it was a bit of dark what Rick said at the very end of the episode. He says, like, Morty, you're not going to fuck me over. You fuck me over. I'm going to make sure you get fucked over even more. <laughs> and he basically said, this is going to be dark, Morty. This season's going to be fucking dark. <laughs> Not more seasons, Marty. Not more seasons. <laughs> Until I find out what the secret sauce is. <laughs> oh god! I mean, because because it was a great ending. Because you 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 saw at this point where it's like, yeah, Rick is just fucking insane. <laughs> That's his entire character. He has lost it. He has gone completely insane, and it was great. It was a great episode. Can't wait for the, the entire season. Yeah, I can't wait to see it, see how it's going to play out. I can't wait to see how, how all, all it's going to be now. Um, I'm just before, I'm just going to, just one last thing I want to mention about the episode. How screwed up was that whole sequence when he was showing the insect agent about his back history and about how he came up with this elaborate backstory about his wife and his children and how they got killed he meets another version of rick from the other dimension and sort of thing i i thought that was brilliant because everyone thought that was a serious moment but then it turns out nah i made it up and it's like what yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i I thought the payoff for that was brilliant you know i thought that was really well done oh god i I love the part where his his wife and daughter die and he's like holy shit this is fucking good (laughs) this came from a movie time (laughs) (laughs) oh god i love this show so much it's so great i love it it's just oh and and the stinger the stinger was great it's like i'm phoenix person now phoenix person i thought we agreed on 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 cyber on cybird you said you didn't care what he was called. Ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. I, I can't, I mean, if, if you are not a fan of Rick and Morty, start watching the show because I can't recommend recommend the show enough for anyone. I mean, I got, I've managed to get my fiance into it, thank God, and she, she likes it. Oh, God, I, I remember giving you shit and it's like, dude, why aren't you watching Rick and Morty, dude? Come on. <laughs> oh, trust me, you wasn't the only one. I think I had you and, like, one of my other friends that kept saying to me, dude, you need to watch it. You need to watch Rick and Morty. And I'm like, fine, I'll watch it. And then it was on, they put it on Netflix. I'm like, fine. Okay, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's Rick and Morty for you guys. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It's awesome. And, uh, what else? What else has been going on this week that we should, you want to talk about? Well, we do have um, a certain time this recording um, just went by. There's a certain pay per view that went on. Um, um, I'm, I'm just say that? I'm just gonna say um, I'm not gonna talk about wrestling because quite honestly, I kind of fell off from it. Uh, but I will say <laughs> that um, 
there's not we don't we're not we don't want to talk about the pay-per-view but there's something in the pay-per-view i feel like we should talk about i mean the arena bur- bursting on fire towards the end <laughs> <laughs> well that sums up dodo in general but um there's a certain wrestler who retired um mark mark calloway aka yeah. the undertaker oh. it's uh it's weird. I honestly don't know how I feel because, like, um, okay, guys, uh, fair warning. If you're not into wrestling and you don't care, skip a couple, maybe 30 or 40 minutes because this is going to be lengthy. But for those who care about wrestling, uh, stick around because uh, we got a lot to talk about this because uh, I got a lot to say as a fan. Um, yeah. uh Okay, uh, Undertaker's my favorite wrestler of all time. He was the reason why I got into wrestling to begin with. He's the reason why I got into WWE, WWF at the time. And um, he's just a one-of-a-kind character and one-of-a-kind wrestler that no one can replace. Yeah, and he's the last, I would say, of that era of wrestling that, that basically personified their character and keep to that character 100% and don't break kayfabe on it. And you're never going to see anyone like that again. Full stop. You're not going to see someone like that ever again. To give you an example of how 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 he never broke kayfabe, on his DVD, they had him record segments in character. That's how yep. much they didn't... They didn't hit. It was like Undertaker's Deadliest Matches. And usually they would like record like shoot segments with with people outside of character, but no, not Undertaker. Undertaker was like one hundred percent in character during the transitions from yeah. each match, which was yeah. And also, even at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony for Paul Bearer, he did came out, but he still stayed in character. You know, <laughs> you know. This is a guy who went to congratulate the sports team in fucking character. The entire yeah. get up, everything. It's just awesome. Yeah. It's like, who does that anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why we love The Undertaker so much and why many people have loved him for many generations and many, many years. He's been he's been wrestling for was it, over twenty five years, you know? And I'm not, um, and I'm, and I'm not, and I'm not bummed out or anything. I'm like, look, you, you deserve it, dude. You, you've worked for fucking twenty five years. You've been, oh my god, he debuted when I was like, when I wasn't Survivor even, Series. when I wasn't even a year old, and I'm like twenty six now. So keep that in mm. mind. So you know, because I was born yeah. in, because I was born in nineteen ninety. So I would have been like, um. He debuted in 1990, didn't he? Yeah, I would have been a couple months old after he when he debuted. So yeah, that'll keep you in a and, yeah, and, and, give you an idea. And the great thing about the Undertaker is, like every wrestling fan you talk to, every WWE fan you talk to has grown up with the Undertaker. No one has yeah. not grown up with the Undertaker. Exactly, and he's been such an iconic character, and also as well, he I would argue say there's only a few select wrestlers. That there's people who work within the industry and fans and whatever respect and also cherish a lot and doesn't really have bad things to say. Undertaker is that guy in a nutshell. People backstage at work with him say he's one of he is one of the most humble people you ever meet in the industry and he is one of the best people, more the most the most respected guy in the industry. I think but the thing. Down. I think the thing yeah. that really warms my heart is like, because because you know that you know again wrestling is scripted, and some of the times you you hear the stories about people 
who used to be friends on screen, but they couldn't stand each other backstage. Yeah. The fact that him and Paul Bearer were actual friends in real life yeah. warmed my fucking heart like you would not believe. Yeah. And the best thing about it as well, even when you know about that, they were such good friends. Paul Bearer used to tease The Undertaker and used to call him Wendy. I know. <laughs> yeah, which is brilliant, you know? It's just... And, and especially Paul Mooney. I mean, Paul Mooney, uh, you know, Paul Bearer, um, he got into his character. He, like, he loved that character. He got into it. He just got into the whole mythology, the whole lore, everything. And, and he he had creative input with, with the characters as well. I mean, he, he pretty much... He pretty much created the Kane character. Yeah, of course. So, um... The, this, when it comes to the whole Undertaker thing, should he have stayed as long as he should... No, he should have gone earlier, but he stayed around because he loved the business. That's that's what I can say about it, you know. And it wasn't it wasn't like a Hulk Hogan or a Sting or a fucking what was it Triple H or you know people who just stayed yeah. long. The problem with those guys, like they 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 were past their prime and they just stayed and they just stagnated. Yeah. But not Taker. Taker knew when... Because the thing with Taker, he knew when to show up and he knew when not to show up. I mean, he adapted with every error you can imagine he was in. You, you know, like, he knew the dead man gimmick wasn't going to work um, going through the going through a certain thing, um, going through a certain period of that time. So he thought, okay, let's try to bring him all down. Let's make me into the biker gimmick now you know especially in the 90s with the attitude era they're like okay uh dead dead supernatural cartoon character doesn't work in the dark and gritty era so it's like okay let's make him a cult leader then and it worked and then made him more then after that it went okay we've done this storyline what should we do okay let's make you into this badass biker dude now you know and, then and they, it worked. And then they brought yeah. back the 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 a mix between the biker character and the undead character, and it worked. And and it's just yeah. I I, I think you'll agree with me. One of the most underrated matches of the Undertaker's career was his match against Kurt Angle in No Way Out 2006. Oh my god, that was a good match. That was a match. I I'm shocked no one mentions in their best I, of lists. I. I've actually been kind of lucky. I went to okay, like give me an idea. Um, you know where Angle was had his own like cabinet sort of thing, like he had um, I can't remember his two wrestler, Mark Jackin or someone else. Ah, uh, Sheldon Benjamin and and and. It was after that. It was uh, the other two. It's not. It's 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 not the as good ones. It's the. Uh, oh, oh, Mar- Mar- Mark Jindrak and some yeah. other guy. Yeah, it was during that period, and I went to a house show. I think I want to say oh four. I want to say oh four oh five. And I went to a house show, right? And the main event was The Undertaker versus Kurt Angle. Oh, my God. That's one of the best wrestling matches i ever seen in person, ever. And it was a house show. <laughs> I, I, Seriously. I, I think, ha- hands down, like I said, uh, Undertaker versus Kurt Angle, No Way Out 2006. That's a match I'm shocked isn't on any, everyone's best of lists. I am shocked that no one mentions that match because it's a fucking amazing match. Yeah, and you you know I'm I mean I'm glad that I mean there was a better opportunity for Untaker to leave, and I thought the best opportunity was when he had that Hell in a Cell match with Triple H. That would have been the perfect send off there. 
you know. I think my problem, be- my problem is like uh, Vince got greedy again and said, yeah, "Okay, let's 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 uh, let's keep bringing him back because you know he's the main event of WrestleMania and yeah. all this other shit." And I'm like, just let the man retire already. Like you know, it just. I think hands down the the one time, the one time I think Taker let me down personally was his match against Rocket at WrestleMania 30. <sighs> Yeah, I think that was just a bad call all round. It's like Untaker, I think Untaker was on on the ball. Brock just being Brock. Brock is just not good in general. I don't care what anyone says. He's he, he's an attraction. That's probably the best way to describe Brock. He's an attraction. People want to see him. But honestly, you watch his matches, they're not good. The only good, uh, the only good Brock Lesnar match. Here's the thing with Brock that really pisses me off. You watch his old shit, it's great. It yeah. really is because he was technical. He was fucking a te- he was a technical fucking wrestler, and his match with Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19 fucking brings tears to my eye to to the to this day because that was a perfect fucking match. That's one of the best matches Brock ever had was against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19. But again, I can understand their thinking behind why they had had Untaker face Brock Lesnar back at WrestleMania 30 was because they thought, okay, apart from Kurt Angle, who else did he had great matches with? Was The Undertaker back when he was in his biker, biker gimmick. And they had some really good matches. But the problem was is that you're doing this 10 years onwards from that you know it's like it's not going to work and and here's my problem with that match it's not the fact that he lost the, the problem is the match itself was garbage yeah it was not a good match and also it didn't help the undertaker well brock lesnar concussed the undertaker like like was it like not even halfway through the match yeah i know and he looked and and, and taker looked like shit like he he looked you know out of shape he is is the beard looked terrible and it's just my God, it's just yeah. sad. It was it, just sad seeing him like that. It really what is. I mean, it, it does explain why he was like that because, um, like, I think there was reports on this. Like a few months afterwards, he actually had um, was it really big surgery? That was the reason why he probably didn't look in the best shape of possible. Because for those that don't know, when you're going in for operation, you can't be well built. I know, and he let himself go, and it looked terrible, and then a year later, he looked great. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, after he had his surgery, he looked a lot better, he looked a lot more healthier, and um, right, now, talking about the match itself quickly, is all I have to say about with the whole Roman Reigns stuff. I thought, he, I thought Taker did the right thing. Yeah, Taker did the right thing, lay down, let him win. But this is what's going to piss me off about it. WWE are not going to capitalize on it. They are not going to capitalize on him beating him. They probably should, but they're going to do it in the wrong way. You let him retire The Undertaker. If they do not turn him heel, it's going to be the biggest mistake ever. Because... It's like uh, with people. Uh, I think I think it's gotten to the point with WWE when you look at the product now. It's not they don't like the the, the wrestlers that you're getting because to be fair, the wrestlers we are getting are good now compared to like five years ago. 
give oh, or take. Oh, vi- you mean back when it was just Orton, Punk, and and, yeah, and Cena? Yeah, that, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. We could, we've got variation now of different wrestlers. I think the problem is people are just frustrated with the product. That's the problem at the moment. WWE, WWE doesn't know what to do. I think the problem, the problem is, and I kind of agree with Bret Hart on this. Like they, they threw, they, they dropped the ball with Reigns last year. Why? Because they put him in with Triple H. And what does Triple H care about? Putting himself over, not the fucking guy he's working with. Triple H never puts anyone over, but himself. I'm sorry. Yeah. And what do they need need to do with Roman Reigns now? Going forward with it, they need slowly start turning him heel. He needs to come out and he needs to gloat that he beat, he retired the Undertaker. He's done this. He's done that. You know, they need to make him into a bad guy. They need to make him a bad guy. And then once he's been the bad guy, then they can slowly start making him a heel again. And then people will be more accepting for him because this is what how it always works. You can start out as a face. People are going to hate you. If you come in as a heel and you get people really hating you and you become a face, people will love you. The best example, look at Edge. Look how he did it, you know? Punk as well, CM Punk. He did He did the exact same thing, you know? That's how you, this, this is how you get really liked. You become really hateful, then you slowly develop into something likable, you know? I think, yeah, because I think the biggest problem last year, and, and, I, and I was like saying, look, I mean, people were just losing their shit over Reigns like last year, and I'm like, look, calm the fuck down. Stop blaming the guy. It's not his fault that the booking is terrible. I'm sorry, it's not. Yeah. I know you like to believe that he that he has final say on this shit, but he doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that blows your fucking smart mind, but he doesn't have any final say on any of this. Yeah, and if, if you actually look at anything with the related with their documents or anything like that, they script everything now. That's been the major complaint about with every old school wrestler about modern day wrestling. Everything's scripted from from the moves, from what they say to what 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 they do with their body language. I know, and it's like stop, stop. I just I just hate this idea that somehow the guys, the top guys that get pushed that everyone hates, just somehow have final say on that. Fuck no, they don't. No. You think? Here's the thing. You think fucking Cena? Wanted to stay on as long as he did? No. But the reason they kept pushing him was because they had no one else at the fucking time that was on his level. I'm sorry, but that was true. Yeah. The mean, auto Cena, that's pretty much what it was. It, it, I mean, that's why everyone liked Punk, or Punk was a fresh, was, was, was you know, bit bit of fresh breath air during that time period. Because let's be honest, all before Punk came along, it was always Orton, John, Orton, John, Orton, John, and then CM Punk. Oh my God, that's something new. We like that. We want more of that. You know. And then with Punk came Brian, and then after yeah. that came the other came Sh- the Shield, the Shield yeah. came in, and then after and the that, Wyatt family. The, and then the Wyatt family, and then Styles, and then the Club, and all these other yeah. guys kept coming in. <laughs> And the product looks so much better than it did five years ago because five years ago the product was complete shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I did. just, I just hate this idea that that that, that these guys that 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 these people that. Oh God, just. All I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, all I'm saying is, 
not everyone is like Hulk Hogan, okay? This whole bullshit of like, oh, everyone who gets pushed like to the moon is like Hulk Hogan and they have final control of everything, that's complete bullshit. You know it's bullshit, that it's not how it works, okay? Things have gotten... To give you an example of how much things change, if Hogan tried to come in into the WWE and try to pull that shit he, he tried pulling in 1997, he would, he would be asked to fucking leave. Yeah. You know. It's done well. That's, the, that's what I'm getting at. Undertaker did the right thing. He laid down. You know, put the he guy put over. He put the guy over. Something Brock never. Something that. Brock never did. Exactly. Well, again, I mean, it was done correctly. Was the match good? It was decent. It was a decent send off to a match. It's the best way to put it. It's like it's no Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. It's no, you know. It's 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 not that cavalry. That's that match is never going to get beaten, hands down. You're not going to see a match like that again. If you do, not for a long, 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 long time. You know. Although, although to be fair, AJ versus Shane came really close yeah, to that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, but again, it's you know you're not going to see stuff like that for a long time. Again, it, that's why when Untaker lost. It was a big deal. I think it would have been a lot more bigger if he didn't lose to Brock. Yeah, I think that's 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 what kind that's of that's the problem. That's why I'm yeah. kind of indifferent about this because it's like you could have you should have had a young guy in the streak. I know people exactly. would have I know people would have been pissed, but you know what? It would have meant something. But it, Roman, but but Roman beating him now it doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't because right. it's like he's already been beaten at WrestleMania. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, because I know WWE's thinking. I know what they're doing. Right. They had, what they'd done, they had Goldberg beat Brock, basically to make Goldberg look stronger. And then Brock finally beat Goldberg in their third match, right? So Goldberg's gone now. He, he's not coming back. I If they do, it's probably going to be more of an ambassador role now. So what's going to happen? They're going to make Brock look strong by beating Goldberg. They make the they went okay. Who else has the Undertaker? Who else Brock been beaten by the Undertaker? Okay, let's have Roman Reigns beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. So it's only Brock and the Un- and Roman that ever beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. So what we're going to do now? We're going to build Roman up to be more of a good guy now, even though that's not working, and make him fight Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. I mean, I would love to see a rematch because their match with yeah. WrestleMania was really good, but the problem is, it's Brock. Brock is not yeah. going to put the guy over. I'm sorry, he's no. not. <laughs> this one, I mean, you need... The way I would do it now, right? This, this is what you should do. You should have Roman go... Go heel, uh, go heel. Let someone like I don't know have AJ Styles come out, or maybe uh, John Cena, one of those two, and beat beat Brock, get the title off him, and then have Roman come out and build him up for for, for quite a few months of being this this asshole bad guy, and he comes on and he beats John or AJ Styles, you know. Like he can't because because he because he needs slow build now he, he has a launching yeah. point he needs slow build you can't if you throw him 
God, they're gonna do this. If if they throw him in a match with uh, for the title at like the next pay per view, it's done. His career is over. He's gonna go stagnant yeah. for another year. Yeah, it's almost as if like people who write or actually do do, do this professionally don't know how to actually write the product. Ah, <laughs> uh, but um. Yeah, we're getting off of the tangent. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm inside. Yeah, you talk about wrestling, you talk about smarks and all this other bullshit. It just, uh, yeah. Yeah. So again, Untaker gone, retired. We're happy for him, and we hope all the best for him. Yeah. Anyway, um, God, uh, what what else? Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Because uh, that was a oh, that was a tangent. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about Samurai Jack? Uh, you go ahead. I'll, I'm gonna take a sip of water. Okay, right, Samurai Jack is back. Everyone's been enjoying it. I'm not going to be like, been some of the best animation television for a long, long time. And everyone's been waiting for this about over 15 years. And was it worth the wait? My God, yes. And it's more story-driven now. I like that. That's the one yeah. thing I love the most is like it's a mini series. When I say yeah. mini series, it's like it's it's more story driven. It's not like because I said this before when we were talking about uh, Jack and that, <clears throat> and that is like um, my biggest complaint about the original series, like the the filler episodes where the writers would just use an excuse for Jack to be there and it would just look completely stupid. Yeah, but I like the fact that they're having a more story driven aspect this time around and the fact that um jack has an actual character arc now and not just you know sitting around doing nothing until yeah. as the plot says so yeah and the thing i like about it as well there's some good with the viewers we only seen three episodes of time in this recording and so far we've had some really good character event with samurai jack he looked like he's going through like some pdsd sort of stuff at the moment and some like dramatic stress and stuff like that because he's been stuck in this time period for over 20 years now you know and he has he's not dying he's not aging and what and, and what i love about and what i love about that is like you notice in the opening episode it's like oh shit he has he's riding a bike he has armor he's using weapons he's adapted to beings because he's been in the future for so long he's adapted to to the to that way of to that lifestyle now yeah, and the, the thing as well, which I wasn't expecting him to do, he no longer has his sword. I like that, because it, cause it yeah. gives him a reason to use technology now. Yeah, and secondly as well, I like that he lost it in the sense that, in the way he lost it, is that it sort of symbolizes he'd lost all hope, you know? Yeah, because oh, because because that. that was the only thing that could beat Aku, and and without it, he's he's just lost all all meaning, and he just he's just a nomad now. He's yeah. not he's not a uh, he's not someone looking for a way home. He's just a nomad. He's just he just is is just uh, he's just buying his time. Deep down, he, he well, I mean, it's it's pretty much established in the second episode that deep down he wants to fucking die. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. and and it's just like he's having inner turmoil with himself as well because um, we see him having visions of like arguing within his inner self and also his seeing visions of his father and his mother telling him that he's failed and so on, etc. And, you know, we're all getting these really cool moments, you know? 
And what I love about it is, like, you notice that, in, especially in the first episode, the first episode is just a fucking fantastic character study of, of the character because he's no longer, he no longer acts the same way as he did. I mean, sure, he helps the the mother and daughter at the beginning of the of the episode, but he doesn't stick around and, and to hang out with them like he used to. He just drives away. He just leaves. Yeah. And, and and then later in the episode, he sees like smoke coming from somewhere, and he and instead of rushing to help to see what what what's going on, he just drives away. You yeah. know, it's it's little stuff like that that makes the that makes uh, a huge difference. Yeah, and I just like how was it? I like the first episode because it reintroduced Jack, and it continued onwards reintroducing everything, give you a rough idea of what this season going to be like. Even the first villain he fought in the season one, oh my god, he seemed to become a, like an internet cult hit at the moment. <laughs> Scaramouche. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, the voice, the voice does not match the character at all, but my god, I love the character, even though he's just a one-off villain. <laughs> Because he's just a, he's just an Asian he's like a an Asian dressed robot who speaks in a Sammy Davis Jr. impression. <laughs> yeah, and he uses and he has like singing voice to uh, uh, powers, which is just great. <laughs> and what I love about what I love about I mean it, it. I mean it seems like I mean a, a lot of people were confused by this, where they're like, oh this this villain is way too stupid and way too weird and it's like it, what's the point of him i'll tell you what the point of him is this the point is it is to intru- reintroduce people to fam- familiar familiar familiarity in that you're so used to jack fighting robots and this yeah. one and this was like uh, the show gendy's way of saying this is the last time you were going to see jack fight robots because in yeah, the very but... next episode, shit, shit uh, gets real fast. Yeah, the whole second episode opening, correct me if I'm wrong on this, is the whole birthing of the Daughters of Aku. No, uh, that was in the first no, the episode. No, the third That was That's the first, the first episode. Yeah. But we get to see them in action in the next in the second episode, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Sorry, I'm getting my stuff mixed up. But we get to see them in action. And we do see blood. And we you see know. when we see blood, we see uh, death. We, you know, and that was a good transition, transitional episode because it, it tells the audience that this is no longer uh, the game has changed. This is no longer the same Jack you knew back when you were kids. This is the whole different, a whole different, uh, a whole different show, and it still has the same tone. But yeah. uh, but but it's more serious now. Yeah, and we go more adult on the matter. Not to say that the original show wasn't adult, but the revival of it, it's like okay, we're gonna amp this up by ten now. You're gonna be dealing with some a little bit more serious stuff here now. You know, like I, I'm curious to see where what direction it's gonna go in. You know, and what I like about the end of the episode is like you see Jack die, uh, you see Jack killing a human for the first time. And you see him get stabbed and hurt for the first time ever, because mm-hmm. that 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 scene establishes that Jack can get hurt now. Yeah. Also, I like the art contrast with um, 
because the episode doesn't open up with Jack, if I can't remember this correctly. But oh, it opens up with Aku in a very funny scene. Yeah. Oh my God, that that's a complete different tonal shift. But my God, that was a very well reintroduction of Aku. You know, because he's going through like stuff like he doesn't know what to do with himself anymore because he's like he's bald. You know. I think um, the reason why that they needed that opening was because they needed a lighthearted opening because the rest of the episode was really dark. Yeah, and they exactly. kind of needed something to 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 to, to you know, lighten up the mood a little bit, but not but not create tonal whiplash. Yeah, exactly. And also, it reintroduced Aku, and oh, I like seeing Aku again. But I think for the time being, use him sparingly for, for for the rest of the show. You know, use him not in major capacity. You know, I think that's what they're gonna planning on doing because, like. Um... Aku has always been like, despite being the main antagonist, he was barely, uh, barely seen in most episodes of the original show. Yeah, and I think they're going the right direction if they stick to that idea, you know, with him use him sparingly, use him in this sort of capacity, make sure he's doing this, make sure he's doing that, you know. And, and, I, doing... and I love the fact that they're still using him for comedy relief and not turning him yeah. into like a dark brooding, you know, all serious villain. I mean, I like that because that's who his character is. Yeah. He's, a, he's a very over-the-top hammy villain and we, we wouldn't yeah. have him any other way. Exactly, yeah. And I'm curious, I want to see, I, I hope they keep the conflict between Jack and Aku until like the second, the final episode, at least the, the latest. You know, I don't want to see them interact with each other for the whole entire season until that moment. You know, build up to it, make us want it. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's another great contrast is that you. It's a it's a once again it's a character study of two characters. Like one's one's a benevolent ruler who's gotten so bored that he's let he's let himself go. Yeah, and the other is a samurai who has lost all has lost all meaning of identity, and he wants to find, and he wants to find a way home, but he's not sure. But he's just slowly on the path of giving up. Yeah, he lost all faith in in himself and also in getting home with with the, with, the, with his character arc. And I think what's going to happen, he's going to get the sword back in some sort of capacity. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think he's going to get the sword back in some sort of capacity. And when he does get the sword back, his hopes of getting back to the past will come back, you know? I think that's, I think that's the whole metaphor with, with, with him losing his sword, you know? I mean, it's, it's a metaphor in saying that he lost, you know, the one thing that, you know... The one connection to his father and the one connection to his home, and after yeah. that, he's like he has no like. There's nothing left, and he's slowly struggling to stay alive and to to, to find meaning in, in his life. You know, it's like, yeah. is there a way home? Like he's starting yeah. to starting to doubt himself, and I think that's really great because, yeah, in the first four seasons, he was just a man out of time. He was just yeah. someone who wanted to find a way home and stayed optimistic but here he's he's like he's he's gone past that now oh yeah definitely and it's just it's great stuff really great stuff exactly and, I, and like I said I like the fact that he's had that he has a character arc and not just he's just there just for the sake of it you know 
Yeah. I like the fact that he has a character arc, and I'm interested. I'm interested to see where this goes. Oh yeah, definitely. Also, the color theory in the show is amazing. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the artwork hasn't changed at all. What they've done, they just upgraded the technology that's used to make it. Is the best way I can describe it. But didn't do it. Do the cheap way of doing it in Flash. Yeah, it's been so long since I've yeah. actually seen really good traditional hand-drawn digital animation. Yeah, because exactly. everyone because yeah. everyone uses Flash now, and it just it's sad. It really is. Yeah, because the thing is that it looks so crisp and so not nice, but that's because technology changed. We got 4K now, no, and we got 180p. We got better display now, and they can animate in that sort of style, so the ratio can be bigger, and we can have more on the screen, more, you know, it's beautiful. It's what, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, the color theory is really great. It really, really knows how to use color pretty well. The animation is just... Very little animation errors, which is just, uh, which is unheard of for an animated series, but very little animation errors. Yeah, I didn't notice there's any, any animation errors so far. Yeah. <laughs> to my knowledge. Um, again, I think, they again, this is a passion project for, for everyone who works on it, you know, and they want it to be top-notch, so I'm guessing they're they looking over this with a fine toothpick, you know? Yeah, and and, and I love the use of, of green and red. A lot of use of green oh, and red in this good. show. It's really great. So, uh... And and I love the fact that that that, that 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 the biggest mystery of all is the is the is the samurai warrior that Jack sees in his visions. Like, what does that represent? I know some theory said they're saying that oh, that's Aku, and I don't know. Might be. Who knows? Again, it might be because that's not a bad theory. I would say, but I don't think it's true because um, I I think it's death. I think it's to be too obvious. It'd be too obvious. I think it's death. You think it's death? Yeah. Waiting for him. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because, 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 as, as, because, you remember in the second episode where he says our ancestors are waiting, and the and the moment he says that, the 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 guy appears. Yeah. And in the third episode where he's almost drowning, the 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 samurai is following him. So it's yeah. clearly death. It has to be death. Yeah. It's waiting for him to finally die. Yeah. Is the best way to put it, because he can't die naturally. Yeah. So I think. If it is your idea, I think Jack's gonna die. Die. I think he's gonna be Aku. He's gonna go back in time and be Aku, but I think he's gonna die doing it. I mean, because because that's been they've they've shown theories of that, especially in the second episode where the where the fight took a toll on the wolf, and 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 it took a toll on him as well in the third episode, and he was close to death, but he patched himself up at the last minute. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he is gonna die, and Gendy has said that um, if he ever is going to end the series, it's gonna be on a massive uh, tearjerker. So who knows? Yeah, definitely. So uh, great stuff. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. First three episodes are online. Check them out. They're great, and uh, we'll see where this goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh. <laughs> you want to quickly talk about reboot? Oh, and speaking of shows that are coming back, oh, oh. boy! <laughs> reboot, reboot, reboot! How many times have you we've been trying to reboot you? 
Okay, uh, for, for those who didn't grow up in the 90s, in 1994, there was a TV, there was an animated Canadian television show called Reboot, and it was the first animated CGI television series of all time. And also, it was way more awesome than it deserved to be, but that's side the point, the show was awesome. <laughs> uh, first season is okay, but the se- but se- season two onward was when the show got yeah. really good. Well, to be fair, you can't, again, like you said, it was the first CGI show cartoon ever on television so you have to give it a little bit of slack for the first I, know. Season. But I know but again it was good it was a good show it, it has a massive cult following for those who are wondering you know and the reason we're bringing this up is like in 2001 they had like two tv movies D- D- damon rising and my two bobs and my, my two, two... bob and my two bobs oh. ended on a fucking cliffhanger oh good i hate that again again the demon one was good the my two bob one was like okay this just feels like a dragged out standard episode of reboot yeah but the, it ended on such a awesome cliffhanger and it was so annoying yeah it ended on a cliffhanger and for years people have wanted to know what happens next and for a while we had like a web comic but then one of the creators came out gavin blair and, and he said that uh if that's non-canon and then rumors started going like, oh, there's going to be a revival, there's going to be a revival, there's going to be a movie at one point. Yeah, and I remember they said, oh, yeah, we're going to do a comic and we're going to have pictures from fans and we're going to have this within continuity and stuff like that. That continuity went out the window very fast after once the comic did came out, but that's like the point. Yeah, like I said, at one point we had like a, a webcomic and that was, gonna, that was considered the, the definitive ending to that, but then... Gavin Blair came out and said, like, oh, that's non- non-canon. And then that, that started rumors going up again, where it's like, oh, there's going to be a revival, there's going to be a movie, or something like that. And what do we get? We get a soft reboot sequel called The Guardian Code, which is going to have live-action sequences in it. Um, if you, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, if the first, uh, go to get, I, I go to denageek.com and they, ha- they would have an article about this and the picture they showed of the CGI models doesn't inspire confidence in this product. The problem that I got worried about it is that I, you look at the picture, right? And the picture looks like it's a mishmash of course i said this to you just before we started recorded um if you throw in reboot and you throw in um overwatch and you throw in um tron legacy and probably Ryoku, and that's what you get it has nothing to do with with the original series. It really doesn't. It's just like, oh, there's these kids and they they fight viruses and they're guardians. And I'm like, what is this? This is not reboot. For those who have never watched reboot, first of all, shame on you. And second of all, reboot was always about what goes inside your computer. That's literally the entire premise. Pretty like much. every. Everyone is like a, a virus or a guardian or a, a null, and yeah. and and there's a lot of computer lingo in in the show. Yeah, and you, it, you, and and yeah, it's dated as fuck now. But back then, it was really cool. Yeah, you you know what it reminds me of a little bit. Um, you remember when they in shop code Ryoko, 
and they brought it back and they called it Cody Yoko Evolution and it had the live action portions in it. Never watched that shit. Oh, we're going to say I'm getting that vibe from it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's not a good vibe. That's all I'm going to say. That Give me an idea. Cody Yoko ran for quite a few years. Evolution, never hand. Started in January and finished within that same year of December. Because um, I remember Code Lyoko being huge on the internet back in the 2000s, but I never yeah. heard of Evolution at all. Again, Evolution came out in 2013. Never heard of it. Oh my God, don't don't watch it. It's not, <laughs> it's not worth it. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. It's not worth it. It tried to continue on what the original show did, and it didn't do it well. Um, it missed the mark. What what made the original show magical? They tried to put live action segments into it, and the live action segments just were not good. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a feeling this is going to happen. The same thing. The reboot. It's going to have one season. It's. I know what's everyone going to say. The CGI bits really good. The live action sequences are going to be terrible. You, you, you know what? You know what vibe I'm getting from this? I'm getting a VR Trooper vibe from this. Now. Oh, now, God. <laughs> I'm getting that vibe. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I haven't seen VR Trooper in a long, long time. But It's on, it's on Netflix if, you, if, you're, if you're that much of a masochist. You can watch that shit on Netflix now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I never watched it. So, Well, I did watch VR Trooper back in the day, but I've never watched it again since. But... Again, I again I don't remember VR Trooper, so I'm guessing it wasn't that good then. It was unforgettable. It was forgettable. it was it was just one of those shows that tried so hard to capitalize on Power Rangers that it just ended up failing because nothing captured the same magic as Power Rangers. It just yeah. never worked. From what I remember, I think it was, someone told me apparently they tried to merge three sent three different Sentai shows into one show. Yeah, and it was just terrible. Yeah, it just wasn't working out, and yeah, that what. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> um, oh god, fucking Beetleborgs, big bad Beetleborgs. Oh god, <laughs> that was. At least I actually did well enough to get a second season. I'll say that much. <laughs> oh, Beetleborgs, oh, that shit was just awful. They had like a char- They had a character who just looked like the Joker for no fucking reason. Yeah, but no, it's again the whole live action segment is going to be with teenagers and stuff like that. Brutal like between was it like 14 up to 16 years old sort of role so i don't know if the main focus is going to be on them and they basically create these guardians and i mean even, even the article says itself funny enough i'm reading i'm looking for the article at the moment it mentions code ryoko <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't even see that the first time reading it so that's all i'm gonna say god it's like and I'm just pissed off because, like, because the reboot ended on like such a terrible fucking cliffhanger, and everyone was like, "What? What happens next?" And it's like, "Well, fuck you. Nothing happens next." Because and and the annoying thing is, if you look at the image they gave from the CGI segment, the only thing that that sort of gives away that is a reboot property is the red guy in the red armor on his chest. It's the emblem, the the guardian emblem. Yep. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's it. That's all we got. You take that out and you have nothing. I just... I don't know. Um, 
You know what, what? What I think this is. I think the show originally was like a standalone show, but but seeing as we live in the day and age where everything has to be an intellectual property, they're like, ah, oh, you know, just slap in the reboot name on it. More people will see it. It's probably going to have the same treatment as Max Steel then. Oh my God! Have you seen the movie? Have you seen the Max Steel movie? No, I I, I wanted to keep my brain cells thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I I have got friends who've seen the film and they said don't see it. He doesn't become Max Steel until forty minutes in. <laughs> oh, so just just like, no way that actually was quicker. The Power Rangers took until the, not until the third act to become Power Ranger, but that's side the point. <laughs> When will people? When will Hollywood learn that people don't want fucking origin stories? They just want fucking superhero movies, for God's sakes. Yeah, yeah, but the the annoying thing about the article, it doesn't go into any of the characters. It doesn't. It it tells everything about we want to know about the live action portion, but not the um. CGI characters. So are we going to get Bob? Are we going to get Hester Decimal? Are we going to get Megabyte for that matter? Are we going to get, you know, are we going to get any of the characters? Dot? You know, are we going to get any of those characters again? Nope. <clears throat> Probably not. No. I, this just feels like, again, it just feels like, was it, the kids' version of The Matrix? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hmm. <laughs> Like, Again, it, it just, you know what it looks like? It looks like a show that would air, like, on Disney XD. It doesn't look yeah. like something that would air in, like, Canada. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, the, I don't... Again, it could be a flop. It could surprisingly be a success. It depends how what direction they go in and who likes it. And if anyone, you know, it gets picked up, you know... I mean, they they're, they already have a release date. They're it's coming out next year, and they're already like in pre-production now. So yeah, I mean, they can easily get all the live-action stuff filmed quickly, and then it just they're going to need the time to get all the CGI stuff done, and all the special effects, and whatever else editing, you know, all that done. You know. Wow. I just. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is the this is because funny story. Like, I was sitting at work today. I'm like, yeah, I remember reboot. Reboot was a cool show. Oh yeah, they made like a Guardian Code sequel. Wonder how that's going. And then I googled it, and this is the first thing that popped up. And I'm like, what is this? What yeah. the fuck is this? <laughs> this is what I mean. I think all of these characters are gonna have the you gonna be the users that's gonna control the characters and if that's the case that's even more screw up because if you watch the original show the whole point of the guardians was to beat the users at game to stop them destroying the computer yep oh my god yeah it, it is messed up which is <laughs> which is just a fucked up concept when you think about it because it's like oh so their entire existence uh, relies on a game and if they lose the game their entire existence is fucked <laughs> yeah it's it's messed up, but I mean, I don't. Well, for the first two seasons, anyway. After that, they just got rid of the whole game concept. They did bring in now and again, but that was more of a plot convenience. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> let's be honest. It's like, oh shit, we need to stop Megabyte. Oh, incoming game. Well, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I will give it a chance. You know, 
give it a chance. I get a very super. I'm getting a Sentai vibe from it. I'm getting a Code Lyoko vibe from it. Again, they're not bad properties or ideas to take influences from, but at the same time, it's not reboot. reboot. It's not reboot. At the end of the day, it's not reboot. I don't think it's we're going to get the same. If you're a fan of the original, I think you're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get continuation. You're not going to get the whole thing. Literally, you are getting a reboot in a new style. Are people going to like it? Maybe, maybe not. You're just going to have to wait until the first episode. And with that said, uh, thank you guys for listening. And yeah, we rambled on for a little bit, but there you go. Uh, thanks for listening, but that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all later. Bye-bye.